starting this thing off, you know, 2020 has been a crazy year. It's been a year that keeps on giving. Hey, we still got uh, 45 days. So yeah, this is, uh, it's going to be an eventful 45 days, man. It's just, I don't know, dude. It's just everything. Like, the, really what put us over the tipping point was Kobe Bryant. Like that, I think, transported us into another dimension. We it was all good. It, 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 was, it was all good, dude. It was like well, the beginning of January. I mean, everyone's like, hey, this is my year. It's 2020. My, my year. New year. Big thing. Everybody like, a, new, a, life. a new A new decade. Not when even was just a new year. Yeah, exactly. When was Kobe? What uh, month was that? Uh, it was January. It was legitimately, it was like the first few weeks. It might have even been like January. Like, hold on, I'll look it up. It was a. Uh... Well, it was in January. That's all we got to know. It was in January 26th. So we had 25 days. It was like, this is going to be a good year. <laughs> and Colby just, hey, I'm not even a basketball fan. And I know how much that, like, that hit me. And like, I've never watched the Colby Bryant uh, game in my life and it hit me so imagine like these people that are actually like kobe bryant fans and then you, you know you, you turn on your phone one day you get a text from one of your friends saying that kobe bryant died in a helicopter crash like there's probably a lot of people that cried over that that never met kobe in their life like just huge fans like it i think it struck the whole world because he was such a good guy like just if you just watch interviews of him and like he was a good dude he wasn't you might want to put an asterisk on that on what on a good dude uh, yeah, I know he has had some controversies, but like he seemed like, I don't know, we all make mistakes. We all yeah. go through. I don't know the ins and outs of that. Yeah, but, but from what I've surface. seen in interviews, on the surface level, he seems like I, it's some guy that I could hang out with and he wouldn't try to rape me, at least. <laughs> yeah, I think you were safe, at least. Um, I think I was safe. <laughs> but yeah, other than yeah. his allegations, uh, wait, did he actually get like uh, convicted of sexual assault or is this just like allegedly like my well, I mean he had too much money to get accused <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's all you really need yeah I I don't think it was this black and white issue though that, that that's what I do know but I don't think it was uh like definitive at least publicly known like definitive like if he did it like it might have even been like statutory I don't and you know before we go I, any I further you do have a glare on your face from the window no, let me just I might want to like twist it a little bit so i mean getting back to the idea of um 2020 and just novel events that's one of terence mckenna's ideas was that time is speeding up and that's the whole basis behind the time wave zero theory but it's not necessarily like time like how we measure it is speeding up it's just that well Think about how you think of your life and um, like pivotal moments in your life that have happened. You, you kind of measure them by events that have happened. And like, you know, you remember the first time maybe you started riding a bike or you learned some kind of instrument or when you shit your pants in the third grade, like you measure it by certain uh, significant events in your timeline. So you can kind of look at humanity's timeline in the same way. At least that's what Terrence was saying. Oh. And he... He, he somehow, I don't know how, I'm not going to even try to explain it to you. And he probably can't even like explain it to you correctly either. I don't think anybody really knows, but he somehow used the Tao Te Ching, which is a, a book that they wrote thousands of years ago to somehow um, map out what time is to show that 
novelty is speeding up in the human race in that in 2012, the world is going to end. And obviously it didn't. But the whole basis behind, remember in 2012 with the whole world ending thing, that a lot of that had to do with um, Terrence McKenna's theory. And that whole conspiracy behind it was that like the, according to his theory that the world was going to somehow reach an end and it correlated with the end of the Mayan calendar. Um, but that didn't happen. Some say some interpretations on that are that, you know, it, it ended as far as we know it. And we're onto this like new timeline in a way. I don't know. It's, it's a whole sure rabbit hole. Like, but, are you sure they didn't just transpose the last, the last two digits? What do you mean? The 2020? Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, dude, no, 2021. <laughs> wow. You know what? It might be. There, there might be something lost in translation. Dude, somebody, hey, dude, it, it was a typo. It could have been. The Mayans, but, uh, I mean, it could have had a typo. But to that point about time speeding up, um, mm-hmm. and this is 100% bro science. Yes, um, of course. Space is, it, 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 space is expanding rapidly, right? Mm-hmm. That's my understanding. Is it, it, It's acceleration. It's literally accelerating, right? Yes. So that if space and time were the same thing, wouldn't time be accelerating too? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I never really thought of it like that. Because space and time yeah, are the I same. Mean, the, the, same thing. Yeah, so space is expanding, like, not exponentially, but at an accelerating rate. That would mean time is expand, uh, speeding up. It's, it's accelerating. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean... That makes a lot I don't know. of sense. I don't know the physics, yeah. I mean, that seems to correlate with Terrence's idea, but I mean, if I mean, not even just getting off of Terrence's yeah, idea, he, you can see that... He's just coming from it from a different angle, though. Yeah, he was coming from his own Sorry. mind, but you can see that his... Uh, you can see that, like, in your own life, in the life of uh, what's going on in the world right now, there's just so much, like, R.I.P. Alex Trebek as well, because that was another novel thing. Just a lot of people... Um, a lot of icons that seem to be passing away this year. Uh, there's stuff going on with Iran, uh, of course, the coronavirus. And it's just what's crazy. What's going on, right? What's up with Iran? Remember? I mean, I know there's always the something up with Iran, but what's... <laughs> remember in the beginning of the year, there was, uh, there was some kind of... There was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was some kind of conflict with Iran and we were like on the, it was like almost, it was like, they were oh, like World oh, oh, World didn't, was happened. that, didn't they kill some dude? Like, uh, uh like a, yeah, that's what it guy. was. Like yeah, they killed the, uh, Solomon. One of the high ranking officers. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. I and then that. everyone was like, yeah, oh, see, but that, 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 that seems like it was like a decade ago. So much just happened. Yeah. That was in the beginning you know I mean? of the year. That's how we started it off. It was like, oh shit, it's going to be like this. Okay, but yeah, but, it's a year uh, that keeps on giving. Co- on the Kobe so, we keep talking over um, each other, man. So I think we have to be mindful of uh, like giving each other breaks of uh, like speaking and not speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know the connection. Um, the Kobe thing. Um, oh, I think what happens is uh, like people that you like icons that you are almost in the same age group, not that we're in the same age group, but we grew up with Kobe Bryant. Um, they seem larger than life. So like when they die, it's almost like an attack on your uh, mortality. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people see him as a hero. Yeah. But I guess it's just like people have always been there. You know what I mean? Like, dude, like you were third grade and you shot 
something into the trash can Kobe? and you say Kobe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, so, and the same thing with, uh, like, Eddie Van Halen and my dad. Like, there's, like you know I mean? that He grew up, he's a dude, Eddie Van Halen. That was already, that was a staple. So when somebody dies like that, it, like, I think it puts you in, like, check and you're like, oh, shit, this ain't forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, mm-hmm. hey, if, hey, if Kobe Bryant and Eddie Van Halen didn't make it out, well, I'm not making it out. Yeah, that is, that's true, man, because you think they are invincible, these, like, icons of just, like, they're legends. It's like, oh, it's Kobe Bryant. Nothing can happen to him. Eddie Van Halen, Alex Trebek, nothing can happen to these people. And then we start to see these people, you know, something happens to them. And it's how horrible it happened to Kobe in a helicopter crash, too. It wasn't like he went in his sleep. It was with his daughter in a helicopter crash. And it was just, everyone was just like, fuck. Damn, dude. <laughs> it, yeah. it does. It, it, it shows you, like, your, it reflects on your own mortality a little bit. 100%. Hmm. It just shows that everything is temporary, man. It's just, it just goes back to that. It, it's, it kind of gives you that glimpse of the uh, impermanent moment that we find ourselves in. And we have reminders all the time. It's like 2020 is that huge reminder of like, hey, man, this is life. This is it. Just live it to, uh, to the best that you can. Make it other people happy because it's temporary for others as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I wanted to uh, talk about the earthquake. Yes. I mean, for us, that's weird. That's, uh, yes. they, they don't have earthquakes in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, that was strange. I, I wasn't even aware that it was a thing. Like I said, I just thought it was a train going by. Uh, but yeah, in the New England area, it was I didn't realize it until you actually sent the text. And then I was like, oh, okay, that actually did feel different than a train now that I think about it. But if you didn't say anything or anybody didn't say anything to me, I would have just went about my day. Yeah, I, uh, I think it was different for you guys because it was um, everyone I've talked to is not from like, because I, I, where I live is like right in, it was like the epicenter. Yeah. So like when you guys said, oh, I thought that was a train, both you and Dave, I was like, there was no way in hell I thought that was a train. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, it was like, I have never heard anything like it. I mean, it's literally the earth is moving, which is. Yeah. That's scary in itself. Yeah. So I was, uh, when it happened, it lasted like 15 seconds. And I'm just like looking around. It ends and like I head outside. Like every single one of my neighbors is like outside. <laughs> Everyone's just like oh, looking. Wow. Yeah, dude, like it was crazy. It was like um like world ending type stuff. Mm. Um so everyone's outside looking at it, like, what the hell was that? It's like, was that an earthquake? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um so uh the moral of that story is uh like I think humans like I never talked to my neighbors before. I I only moved in a little bit while ago with COVID. Like I've waved, that's it. But yeah. I feel like in times of like but shit, it's a fan. Like, people come together pretty quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? In that instance, 15 seconds of, like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, right? Because if something actually was going on, you'd want to cooperate with those people. It's almost like your instincts take over and your ego is just, like, goes out the window. Yeah, exactly. It's like, all right, let's huddle down in this dude's basement. <laughs> like, the earth is shaking, man. We got to find We gotta find a way. <laughs> yeah. So, and the, what I was thinking about that, too, is, like, with climate change, where it's getting bad and no one's doing anything, I think we'll be okay because like once shit hits the fan, people, everybody's gonna come out of their house like, all right, let's do it. Oh, you think it's going to be like, it's gonna be so bad the whole world's gonna be like, all right, we have to figure this out. Like, oh yeah, that well, it's not that it's there's paths we could take to make it not get that bad. 
we're not going to take those paths though. It's going to get that bad. And then everyone's <laughs> like, okay. Uh, yeah. We're ne- you know what I mean? It's like when you, uh, when you do a group project, no one's like, you can have a group tra- project that gets like, like signed in the beginning of the semester and no one even talks to each other before the week breaks <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, that's climate change. It's a group yeah, project. Dude, it's, a, it's a group project. And unfortunately, a, a few select people are going to do it. And I'm uh, like, I ain't worrying about it. I'm not worried I'm about, worried about that. <laughs> dude, the semester doesn't end until May. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the problem about that is in terms of climate change is uh, the, the effects aren't felt until a few years later from our actions. So like you said, like we're, we're not worrying about it right now, but this is actually the time that we should be worrying about it because when we are, when we are worrying about it, it's going to be too late and there's going to be a lot of repercussions from us not worrying about it now. But it's like, what am I supposed to do? Like literally what am, what are me and you and the normal person supposed to do in that instance? Like not drive our car. I don't like it has, it's really up to these, these big entities like governments, uh, regulations and corporations. It's not really like, there's only so much that I can really do to mitigate what am i gonna do not live my life <laughs> it, like, it doesn't make any sense i 100 percent agree with that um it's definitely on like the broader like, yeah government regulations i mean as as a, <laughs> the craziest thing about like uh the, the only thing you can really do to help is like not have kids like that's like the biggest yeah, that's thing the biggest thing <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah they just don't have kids no that'll help mm-hmm. but i don't know it's not practical you just have kids. one or two yeah maybe. exactly yeah, just to keep it the same. That's yo, yo. You ever think about people that have like over five kids? It's like, what? Three wasn't enough. Four wasn't enough, or even more. Like this, I've known people that have like eight, nine kids. It's like, how do you love all of those kids equally than you would if you had like two? Like it doesn't even make any sense. Like eight, like eight. how? Dude, let's just like wrap it up. Yeah, you know man, I mean? like, do something. Like hey, I, 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 I get it. I get it. Don't worry. I get it. I get it. You know, it's nice, but there's like, got to be some kind of preventative action there. Yeah, but you're killing the earth when you have eight kids. Like, seriously, it's just craziness, man. Dude, you're not even just killing the earth. You're killing, like, your social life. Like, yeah, that too. And your your wife's vagina as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. yeah. That must be tough. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Um, I had, like, two cats for a week, and I'm like, I don't even know if I want kids, man. That's, yeah, and cats are self-sufficient for the most part. Yeah, exactly. It's just a lot of work. Um, I still want kids. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how people do five kids. That's just like... It's, hey, man, it's just, it must just reach upon... We're speaking from non... Uh, we know we're men that don't have children, so we obviously won't understand until it comes. But it must just be some kind of... Just some kind of love that you can't feel with anybody else that you'll do anything for. And it doesn't matter how much shit and suffering that you have to put yourself through. It must just flip a switch inside of your neurochemistry that just says, this is everything. I have to raise these eight kids to the best of my ability because you just love them so much. And it must just be some kind of love that I can't unfortunately feel with you. And I can't feel with a significant other. I can't feel even feel with my parents, but my, my parents can feel it towards me. And it, it must just be like something that flips when you know that something is your child. And what makes me wonder is like, do you have that same neurochemistry switch when you adopt a child? Or is it literally something when you see your own DNA, like your own chromosomes, like right there in front of you? you That's know? funny. Yeah, me and Dave were talking about that the other day. That's just kind of funny. Um, but to your point about the eight kids, though, like, dude, just have two beers. There's nothing wrong with 
It's having two. You don't got to have eight of them. If it, if it gives you that much joy. Eight's overload. <laughs> dude, eight's, dude, eight's how you're going to like end up passed out in a bush. You, know? you don't need to have eight of them. It just yeah. have, have, have two and coast. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I was talking about that with Dave. Uh, the, um, the, if you adopt a kid, do you still feel the same? Shout out Dave, by the way. Yeah, honestly, shout out Dave. <laughs> He's not hearing this right now, but uh, but shout, shout out if you ever shout out Dave if he ever does someday. You know, hey, dude, it could be twenty years from now. He's like, oh, that's me. Or you know that Leonardo DiCaprio point meme? Like, <laughs> yeah, what um, you saying? But yeah, so the adopting thing, like that's such like a, it's like almost a horrible thing to say. Like, would you feel the same way towards a child you adopted? It's real because we can't help our feelings, you know? So, I mean, I don't, I think you'd still love them. I think there is still love because I can love somebody that I've never met before. So it's, it's just, you have to be able to, to love them. But I don't think it's that kind of, I really don't believe, I mean, maybe I'll prove myself wrong and adopt a kid someday from Africa, but I really don't believe that it's the same kind of love that I would get if I knew that that child was half of me, which seems egotistical, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. But I think that's just biology. I think that's just how it is. Do you think it'd be easier to hack as a man? Because you, there are literally no, I mean, I, dude, my, my body thinks I've been having kids since like 12. <laughs> you have a lot of kids. <laughs> dude, man. So for all my body knows, like, you know, chemistry wise, there's a lot of me going around. Um, mm. I think it is easier to hack as a man. Um, because uh, there is something when, you know, a woman, it grows literally in a woman. There has to be some kind of neurochemical bonding that goes on. Oh, just hormonal. Our, yeah, hormonal bonding <clears throat> that, that is between the, 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 the mother and the child that we just don't understand. I actually was thinking about this the other day when I, in my, I was probably really high, but I was like, damn. I was like, I'm never going to feel what it feels like to have a kid as a woman. <laughs> and I was like because it must be a crazy different feeling I'm like it must be different like I'm never gonna feel that kind of love and I was like fuck I'm a man I'm like damn I never like because think about that right if you literally grow something in your stomach that must be like what does that feel like dude like you literally giving birth to consciousness from your own body I'm never gonna be able to experience what that feels like it has to be a different kind of love than a man to a woman which is why there's a lot of single uh mothers out there <laughs> Oh, you mean like a man to a child? Yeah, I think yeah, men, can, yeah. Yeah, men can distance themselves from like, yeah. I, th- I think it's like almost like a, uh, I've read accounts where people like where the kid's born, like, what the fuck? I don't feel like, I thought this was going to be the, I was going to have like this outpouring of super emotion, but like, I don't feel it. Yeah, um, it, I've, I've read accounts in the other way though, too. Like, we're just. Oh, yeah. But um, I guess it's just because there is no, like, it's just a normal day for your body. You know what I mean? Like nothing like. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there's some kind of stuff that goes into it, but uh, it's not like a woman where they're like legitimately like for nine months, they're like getting ready. Like your body's just chilling. You know what I mean? Nothing changes inside it. Yeah. 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 And you genuinely come from, come from the woman. Yeah. Shout out the women of the world. Honestly, that's a, <laughs> that's a, it's a huge burden to bear. Yeah. Really. I was thinking about uh, how, you know, lucky I am to be born in this incarnation as a man. And it's not even like, I say that because men are better, like women also have their strength, but it's just because of what women have to go through in order to just survive and just be here existing in this life. It's a lot of, uh, you know, bleeding once a month, getting cramps, 
yeah, uh, for about a week. It's tough, man. And then on top of all that, like, you know, in order to keep the species around, you're the one that has to go through nine months of suffering. And then at the end of it, I can, you know, childbirth is like, uh, is an experience in itself. And I'm just like, well, I'm never going to have to experience what that is. I'm never going to have to go through that kind of suffering in this lifetime, at least. And, uh, I don't know. I guess the, I guess the, the getting back to what we were talking about before equaling that out is, well, never, I'm not going to have to go through that shit and suffering, but I'm also not going to know, ever know what it feels like to love a child as a mother, like as a woman. And I'm like, damn, it's all equal. So, you know what I mean? It's like a balancing act. Like I don't have to, they go through that shit and that suffering so they can feel that motherly love, which must be insane, dude. I'm telling you, it, it has to be like a lot more than a dude. It has to be. I don't know, like, this is, again, like we said, bro science, we don't know anything. <laughs> we have yeah. no sources. We're just going None. off of our zero, so- Zero sources. <laughs> but something tells me that, like, uh, I would definitely love my children as much as I can, but there's something about that just, like, women will do anything, like, give their life for the, what they bear. And that's why they have memory, memory glands, so they can feed them. Like, I can't feed a child. Like biologically too, think about that, right? It's like, I can't give, like as men, we just, we just literally creators of this world. Like our, the masculine energy of this universe is just creation. And that's what we do. We like, we, we provide the seed of creation and the women are like the nerd, they, they nurture this world. Like the feminine is like the nurturing uh, aspect, uh, just kind of like being the caretakers and the men are the ones that create. And I, that's how I see like the yin and yang of the, of the uh, human experience in a way, like uh, in our energies. And it's, and it's brought so forth in the, in the simplest form through sex and through sexual reproduction. Like we create, we give the seed and the women nourish the seed. They grow the seed of a human mm. being and they give birth to life. That's yeah. The, the universe. And uh, I, again, no sources. Mm-hmm. Well, Mr. Fischel, my physics teacher. Shout out. Once, he was talking about biology one time and he's talking about how we were orgiate. How do you say orgiastic? Yeah. Yeah. We had that. Like we used to be like that. Humans used to be just like orgies, dude. Yeah. Everybody, everybody fucking everybody. That's what we need to go back to. <laughs> is that your, uh, is that your uh, political uh, platform for 2024? That's, that's, that's the statement. That's the mission statement. Orgies every Friday. Yeah. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so where I was going with that is that, uh, like back in the day, like you'd have your tribe, right? No one knew whose kid was who. Yeah. Was, you know what I mean? And that's why men were just the providers. Like women knew who their children were because obviously, but you're a dude, like, I don't know. That could be me. Kind of looks like me. We all look the same anyways. <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. If you're in a tribe of 20, it's all you're family. In, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So just, I guess that kind of goes back to like men be the provider thing. And um, I was thinking when you were talking about that, how, I think a lot of mammals don't stick or men don't stick around. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. They plant the seed and bounce. Yeah. You're saying all the animals or men? men. I think, no, I th- no, I said mammals. Oh yeah. I think yeah. that's a, I think I don't, I think I'm, I know uh, there are mammals who do that. So I imagine at some point, you know what I mean? As a mammal that we probably just bounced. <laughs> just bounced. It's in our DNA. Just bounced. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> it's crazy man i mean i I guess that's just how it is that's our animalistic instincts but i think what we 
that's where we came from. And that's our, like, where that's that stage in our evolution that is still present in our DNA, but we're evolving to become something else. Like as a human being, we're, we're animals, we're an animal and spiritual hybrid and the animal form of us is still present with, uh, through our need to survive and our need to reproduce. Those are like the biggest uh, forces. But then we also have the other element where we can contemplate our own existence and love other people and just be like a human being. And I can have this conversation with you. And it's like a fight. The human experience is a fight between being a good person and loving and, you know, raising children or whatever, just, just being a selfless person and then fighting against our animalistic instincts that aren't really, uh, that not really the nicest feelings that to have, you know, like to like competition, uh, survival. And just like, it's just, it's just like a way of, it's like riding the line between cooperation, being a loving spirit, and then um, trying to fight against your animalistic instincts. And that's why I do like yoga and meditation because it, it allows you to, to not really pay attention to those things that kind of uh, drag you down in a way to, to that kind of like bring you to a more of a state of fear and survival and like doing these things and smoking weed sometimes it kind of like will bring you into a state of just knowing what's real in the human experience and it's 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 not about running away if you have eight kids it's, it's about like literally cherishing the people that are in your life like I can't I can't ever imagine myself personally having a child and then being like, all right, peace out. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense to me. It's like, well, this is, I, you have to reap what you sow in life. And that doesn't like that idea doesn't really come from my like animalistic instincts. I don't think, I think that just comes from like a certain part of me that wants to literally cherish and take care of that human being for what it is. And I don't know, man. I think there still is in our DNA to like have that family unit, but it is, it is like a, for men, it doesn't seem to be as hardwired. That's a good question. That's a good topic. And I don't have the answer for that. Me neither. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I have any more on the topic. Yeah. I don't either, man. I mean, I had a couple of topics lined up if you want me to, want to change it up. So yeah, go thinking, ahead. If you got some good stuff, I don't have anything. I just kind of like go off. Yeah, this is. I was thinking the shower. I was like, dude, I don't. I don't. I was like at midnight. I'm like, I don't think I planned it. I, I like to come in with like always like a game plan. Like, oh yeah, I want to talk to Gary about this, this, and that. Uh, yeah, because when so, I bring people on, I usually ask them about like what their interests are and like what they do, and I don't know anything about them, so I'm genuinely. But like, yeah, I've known you my whole life pretty much, so it's just like we need topics. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was thinking about like. Uh, I think it was, it came from the Eddie Van Halen thought. Cause I was like, okay, I want to talk about like icons. Yeah. And then, um, I was just, you got to appreciate like music. That's like singular, you know, those bands that are just like, Hey, that's that. You don't even have to like it, Yeah. but you can't disagree. It's like, Hey, that's their thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like Lincoln Park is a good example. It's like, yeah, I like Lincoln Park. Some people don't, but I don't think anybody could disagree. That's like, that's their thing. Yeah, that's Lincoln Park. Yeah, there's certain icons that you just can't look past, like uh, Billy Idol. Um, I don't know any Billy Idol song. Actually, no, I do know Billy Idol, but I don't listen to him on a regular basis. And I recognize that he has a whole catalog. Um, but I'm probably never going to listen to Billy Idol's catalog, maybe in the future. But I just don't feel compelled to do that at this moment. And there's plenty he- of other artists like that are out there like that, where I respect them as like their their as their medium as the, in their art. And I respect that other people also like it, even though I don't really understand but it's cool that to know that like these people they they have their own sound 
And that's, yeah. what, that's what makes them special is because these people have that sound that nobody else can replicate. And if some people like it, then there's going to be people that are going to, that are going to go for it. Yeah. Like, um, and that's, it's not just music. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> it's a, uh, the Rona. No shit. Um, not really. <laughs> um, it's not just music. It's like all art. Like I watched this movie. Oh, I like that glass, that uh, mug. It's a chalice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> it feels like there should be wine in there or something. It came from us. Uh, shit. I have the tag. See that? Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's just a uh, chamomile tea. Nice. I got green. Organic, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to always go organic. Always go organic, folks. You got I, I, I live by the thing. I want to get back to the um, singular thing. But I live, you told me one time, like, you just you can't, no one's, at our point in our life, we can't afford, afford to buy all organic. So you got to like pick that thing you eat a lot. You better be getting that organic. Yeah, that's the way I live. And there's also like the dirty dozen. Have you ever heard of that? Like dirty uh, produce, that oh, like, no. stuff that has more pesticides on it than others. And it has to do with the idea of uh, fruits that like you peel off like a, a outer layer, like we'll say like an avocado or orange or um, a banana those you don't really necessarily need to buy organic because the biggest thing about buying organic when it comes to the produce is the pesticide that's on it. And um, yeah, it also has to do with like the, whatever you eat the most, definitely go organic. But if you're eating like stuff uh, <clears throat> like, you know, like, the, like I said, bananas, oranges, lemons, limes, all that stuff, it doesn't, it's actually not that big of a deal. And there's a whole list. It's called the dirty dozen of stuff that you definitely should buy organic which I I'll have, to check, I'll have to check that out yeah but go ahead what are you saying oh the um oh just a singular artist oh it's, just, it's not just uh not just music like I'll watch a movie you ever heard of the lighthouse I've heard of it I don't know anything about it though weirdest movie I've ever seen in my entire life yeah yeah dude, it's so weird um and at the end of it I was like I don't even know if I like that, but I still think about it. And I watched it like four weeks ago. You know what I mean? It's just oh. one of those things that's singular. I was like, I don't need, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I didn't like it, but I did. I appreciated it. You can still appreciate it and not like enjoy it. Like I never want to watch it again. Yeah. I think that's a skill to be able to appreciate something as an art form, but to also not like the art. That's, that's a very mature mindset because there's some people that just like, Oh fuck, that sucks. I'm like, what do you mean? It, it sucks. Like there it is somebody's art and there's other people that, do appreciate it but it doesn't suck you just might not like it yeah no i agree i mean if somebody spends that much time on like anything like it's not it's never gonna suck usually i'm sure there's some there's definitely some exceptions yeah i mean like <laughs> it, uh but whoever made i don't know who made, who wrote it or directed it um but i mean they spent a good amount of time doing it and they had this vision and it just it left an impact it's just fucking weird yeah what is what do you think about why does art impact you you think like what is it about like certain things that is it like relating to something like do you see like yourself in that art or do you see your experience in that or do you think it's just like something you can't even explain i think most art um good art will make you feel something even if like you can't relate Mm. like um yeah like when you listen to Chief Keef, I cannot relate to that, but I feel something, dude. That, yeah. And Chief Keef is not good, right? But he's singular. 
especially back, you know, back ago, 2013, that was a singular thing. It's like, dude, I, this sucks. This music is so terrible. <laughs> but I appreciate it because like, I'm feeling, I feel like I'm in Chicago and I'm, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? And I think being able to elicit emotions that you can't even relate to, that's powerful art. Yeah, I think it has to do with the energy that he brought into it. It's not that necessarily relating to like what he said. Yeah. It's more so like that. Well, it's also the production, like the actual energy of the music from Young Chop. Shout out Young Chop. <laughs> There's something about it. Is he still young? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is he just Chop now? He's <laughs> Chop. I know. That was a while ago. Shit. Um, but yeah, I want to say I definitely can't relate to it. But if it can elicit any kind of emotion and be so foreign to you, that's powerful, whether you like it or not. What do you think that, why though? Like, what, is it just something, I mean, music is its own thing. You know, when it comes to art, like, you can relate to any kind of music if it has like the right tonal effects. Mm. But what about like a painting though? Or like a poem that like hits you in the right way? Or like a movie? Is there just something, I think there's something in us that whether you know it or not, it touches upon like something in you that you relate to like it has to have some kind of relation to you like your story in life and the stuff that you go through yeah or maybe you know, you'll get trippy maybe a past life right yeah yeah, yeah i mean you don't All you don't know how life. that shit works yeah yeah um so, i'm sorry what would be it was about our impacting you and like i actually want to go off that point of the past life yeah. thing because like people say that we do have a collective unconsciousness that is um it's made up of like archetypes, like the, the concept of the old man, uh, the old wise man with the beard, like that's an archetype, like Santa Claus, like the, the Gandalf type, that's an archetype. It's called the old man. Like there's certain, and I think it comes from Carl Jung and um, who was his, who, the other guy, uh, the id and the ego, who's that guy? Oh, um, oh Freud. Freud. Freud, yeah, Freud. Yeah. yeah, it comes from their ideas of like this, this, we have certain images in our head that kind of make us tick. And I don't know the archetypes off my head, but you can think of like the old man, uh, the UFO, uh, think of like dwarfs in Lord of the Rings and the elves, like these ideas that are present. Like take for instance, like all of these movies that we see, like there's elves in a lot of movies, there's dwarves in a lot of movies in that, in that, and there's like that Gandalf figure. And then there's the hero, a hero is an archetype, like the, the, the like the, the cliche protagonist, all of these certain things that we can all relate to in one way or the other and it kind of seems like it's like it's our story it's like humanity's story that's imprinted into our collective unconsciousness that and it shows itself in people that make art like J.R. Tolkien or George R.R. R. Martin and those archetypes come out in their beautifully orchestrated art except the last season of Game of Thrones that was not beautifully orchestrated but that's a whole other topic and it comes out in those kind of art forms that kind of make us tick and recognize those archetypes that are inside of our unconscious that we don't even recognize like Aragon. We love Aragon because he's the man, he's the king. That is an archetype, like the, the leader, the king. And he goes through like a folly, like he goes through like a, um, um, like something that like Jon Snow, like he goes through something that he like gets to the depths, but he always has like a redemption story. That's another aspect of the hero archetype. And it's these things, Luke Skywalker, right? It's all of these things that are implanted, implanted from, like you said, could have been the last lifetime, the lifetime before that, but there's something in our brain 
that tells us like, oh, that's cool. That's part of my story or that's part of our story. And I think that's kind of what good art touches upon. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. It's a, yeah, the, I mean, do you think those archetypes are um, ingrained in us like pre-learning about them? Mm, That's a good question. Yeah, nature and nature. Yeah, I I mean, that's a hard, you'd never be able to. That's the whole basis of the collective unconsciousness is that we don't, it's not learned. It's just, it's just there. And Hmm. I'd be willing to, I'd be willing to bet you go to like some like remote, like Pacific Island or like somewhere in South America where they don't like have too much contact with the outside world. Yeah. And and they would have similar ideas. I think that's very, just, I think it's just human. Like there, I mean, from like the dawn of humans, there's always the old guy in the tribe. Right, yeah. who, who had seen some shit and he, he gave and his he's, voice he's to... a storyteller, like he's the man, he's yeah. the wise man, he has story, like everybody knows, yeah. And I think it's it's different. This is this is good, dude. This is this is a great topic because and I think these different archetypes are responsible for for the belief systems that we have in this world. But it really doesn't matter what the symbols are or how they're portrayed. It could be Luke Skywalker, it could be Aragorn, it could be Gandalf, it could be whatever. It doesn't matter what it looks like or how it sounds. What matters is the idea that's behind it. The, it's not the symbol itself. It's not the man pointing at the moon. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the finger itself. Mm. It's, it's the energy form that it, it, uh, that it represents. And like you said, I'm glad you said that because you could probably go to these um, indigenous societies where they've never seen Star Wars or Lord of the Rings in their life. And they definitely exhibit most likely the same ideas if you could somehow communicate that out of their system so i think it's both i think it's the the learned aspect of it is when we learn the symbols to represent those archetypes in our experience but i think those symbols point us in a direction that is just imprinted in our dna in some aspect somehow some some way yeah i mean it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing like it's a george lucas right luke skywalker because there's these archetypes or did the archetype, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm having trouble uh, articulating I know it. what you mean. It's like, what came first, the or archetype did, or the symbol? Yeah. Yeah. Or did he like, yeah, that, that's my point. But Gary, where, where did these archetypes originally come from? If they are implanted, what yeah. was the story that how they got into be implanted in our DNA? Exactly. And you, I mean, I guarantee you go down to like, you know, an indigenous community in South America and you screen, Star Wars, every nine-year-old boy is going to pick up a stick and be like, you know, yeah, exactly. it doesn't matter, dude. They, they don't know anything about like, you know, modern uh, art or anything, but they're going to yeah. be, they're, they're going to, they're going to like Star Wars because it touches on those just, you know, classic hero redemption story. Yeah. And there's plenty of archetypes. I don't know what the exact number, I think it's around like, it's like 80 to hundred. It's not like we have like millions of, of these archetypes, known archetypes, at least in our head, but there's certain ones. If you read them, which I have some of them and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. That's like, that's so true. Like, it's like, that's a thing that's so present in like all of our art and just like our story that we tell ourselves. It's pretty cool, dude. Pretty cool. But yo, shout out star Wars and the last seasons, man, like, uh, not seasons, the last, uh, whatever you want to call it trio, like, horrible dude i still haven't watched the last one because the, the second one was so bad like i still have yet to actually go into it 
I would say I'd recommend the third one. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just the second one's terrible. That's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. That's like uh that's like the opposite of being singular, I feel like. That what do you mean movie, singular. We were talking about singular art and like, hey dude, you just appreciate it for what it is. And it's like the opposite of uh it, there's no art behind it. No, it's just a moneymaker. It's literally oh. the same story from the old movies. They just made the Death Star bigger. It's the same thing. Yeah, dude, that was funny. <laughs> There's nothing different in it. It was just literally a moneymaker. Like, when the old movies was George Lucas's baby. It was his love child. Luke Skywalker is George Lucas, you know? Like, this is... This oh, yeah, Kanye. So he was in the Kanye podcast? Yes, yeah. This, dude, oh, that's, that's what a, I got the idea. Okay. Yeah, dude, that was hilarious. I was like, he's like, dude, George Lucas is... Well, <laughs> Kanye was right, man. They, this was his love child. And he's, they just, like, took it and just, like, let's make some money. Let's just, like, they, it was just nothing original, horrible ideas, horrible PC culture that didn't have to be in it, that ruined the whole, uh, like, script, that ruined everything for me. It was just forced. It was just it, too much, man. You can't ruin Star Wars and Game of Thrones in the same year. Like, what is wrong with the world, dude? And it was the same people, right? Wasn't it nah, the same? No, nah, nah. that, that That's a conspiracy? They, no, not a conspiracy. They were going to be. Oh, they were gonna be. Okay. They were they were gonna do the next trio, but then like they had so much backlash after doing that Game of Thrones thing that Disney fired them. Oh, oh, there was gonna be another Star Wars. Yeah, dude, Mickey Mouse didn't buy that with three movies in mind. <laughs> wow, that's nuts. Uh, dude, they they built a theme park. They built a theme park. Star Wars is never ending. They will. Yeah. They got like Luke Skywalker chained up in a basement somewhere. <laughs> Just sucking the force out of them. Yeah, exactly, dude. They're just trying to inject it into the magic of Magic Kingdom. Wow, man. And just turn it into money. That's crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah, Star Wars is bigger than it's ever been, honestly, which is crazy to think about because it came out in the 80s or, like, late 70s. 70s, yeah. It's bigger now than it's really ever been. Like, there's video games. We've got The Mandalorian, which is, like, people are raving over that. I don't know anything about it, to be honest. And the, the movies, um, yeah, it's just like a huge phenomenon. And I think it definitely has to do with Disney sucking the force energy out of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, dude, they got They just got sucking it right it. out of his balls, right into the force. Well, that's where the force energy comes from. It's where it's generated. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I do, I do think there actually is some kind of electromagnetic energy that we get from sexual energy. It might not be uh, necessarily using the force and being able to hold up objects or anything, but I think there is something to utilizing our sexual energy and uh it mainly has to do with creation especially as a man i don't know how it works for a woman i'm not going to try and act like i know how it works for a woman but as a man you have to harness your sexual energy and don't you know don't masturbate every day um that's pretty much what it comes down to like holding in that energy and using that energy of i just want to just want to have sex fuck right now and using that <laughs> to and taking that because it is like this weird like when you get turned on right i don't want to get too deep into it but like everybody has sex everybody has sexual energy and a sex drive so i don't really even care i love how you i like how you correct you correct that correct yourself everybody has sex like oh, <laughs> everybody has sexual uh drive everybody has sex drive and gets horny so when you get horny you don't always have to have sex you can use that like it is kind of like weird energy right like you feel this like tingling well that tingling is like this kind of energy that you can use for creative pursuits or like just something else like you can do yoga or work out or 
you know, go for a run, like whatever it is, you can take that energy and, and use it effectively and kind of like get it out and squeeze it out in other ways. Yeah. It's like a, a good analogy be like, a, you know, they use a, like rivers, like mills, like they create power from like water power. Yeah. So like, dude, like you could watch the waterfall cause the waterfall is dope. <laughs> or you could take some of that, build a dam Mm. create some electricity and do some crazy things <laughs> exactly hey but a waterfall is really cool but a waterfall <laughs> is really cool it is really cool everyone loves a waterfall <laughs> yeah that's great dude i mean there's it's really just comes down to energy in this life uh there's just different i mean everything is energy but it's just you gotta know what kind of energy works for you and um sexual energy is a big one that people just kind of ignore i think for men i think you can like if you're so disciplined with it you could like it's like a carrot on a stick you know what i mean like in front of a donkey you just gotta like hold it right there like hold it steady mm. yeah yeah that's, that's how it is for men dude it's just like it's almost like a it's a reward uh mechanism in a way mm. definitely that's how it seems to be i don't know how it is for women they must have like a totally different way to uh, have a sexual cycle but i don't know i think we can get on another topic if you want if you have anything else on the on the list of yeah um well, oh um so i was thinking about the other day how we oh, okay it's like that you like this one up you can proceed um remember cursive yep like do think about how much time we spent in school learning cursive for no reason other than to learn cursive and write your name. Yeah, dude, I don't know how to write cursive. So the other day I had to, uh, I had to sign somebody's name because of COVID and they were in the office, right? Um, and I went to sign their name and I'm like, I don't even know how to sign my name, never mind someone else's. Yeah, right, I don't know. I don't actually don't know cursive because I've never yeah. used it, that's why. They just taught us and that was it. Well, they abandoned it, I think like, was in fourth i feel like it was like halfway through fourth grade like we were like doing cursive every day and then i was all of a sudden you get to fifth grade do you know what the original purpose was for cursive because i don't that's how people wrote you know what i mean people had to oh. write so cursive it's quicker to write cursive than it is to type that makes sense so if you're writing a letter dude you can't pick up your pen every time you want to do another letter yeah that makes a lot of sense but then we wow. hit like we hit 2004 and people were like typing letters all the time doing emails and wow that's nuts dude cursive was like the first font it was cursive yeah. because we had to write that way. It was like, oh, wow. It was quick. It was quicker. So well, I was thinking, I was talking to some people and they were saying like, oh, we got to, they were arguing that, oh, we should continue to learn cursive. I'm like, cause kids don't learn cursive. I'm like, no way. This is, <laughs> I'm like, there is no, there is, and their argument was that, um, well, who's going to read historical documents? I was like, that's the best you got. Like, we're going to spend years of these kids lives so they can read like so maybe so like, one of them can read some really old historical document but we're going to train thousands if not millions of kids some yeah. people just don't think man yeah no i, I mean i understand where they're coming from i, I do too it. but it doesn't make any sense yeah i'm like no like they're so i because they don't want to learn i mean because people don't want to change like oh we're going to lose our whole culture or whatever but like there's just so many worthwhile things like resources are finite you've got to like focus that like, let's spend an hour a day coding with these kids instead. Yeah, what would you, all right, so, like, let's go on this topic. If What would you change if you could change the education system in America? What would be some things that you switch around? 
because I know it needs a revamping. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with education. We all need to be educated as human beings. That's how I'm having this conversation with you right now is because I received a formal education to learn English. But there's a lot of things that came along with that. I was just like, dude, like, what am I doing right now? And those things I think need to be, you know, like you said, we have a finite amount of time, finite amount of resources. And if we want to create the best society and the best individuals and human beings in this country, we have to get our priorities straight. So what is something you think that we could change? Before that, I want to jump into the problem, like why it is a problem right now. Um, It's because the people who are making these policies who are coming up with like curriculums and stuff, right? Usually it's, it's going to be senior people, people who have been, you know, not to be ageist, but people who don't really know how to copy and paste or, you know, (laughs) the boomers. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, hook up a DVD player because they still have one of those. I mean, (laughs) Like this, there's just no way that these people who grew up in like you know the 70s and the 60s are going to be equipped to know what people what children would need to succeed in you know the next oh, few decades. Yeah. If they can't even they handle just, the life they're in right now, can't even copy and paste. How are they going to prepare a generation for the what the future is going to be like? That's what I'm saying. It's like they can't, and it's nothing against them, dude. The world changed pretty fast, and yeah. if we were 10 years older we'd be in the same boat. Yeah. But we, uh, we caught, you know I mean? We got on the escalator and they were still looking around the mall and we went up to the second floor. Yeah. Uh, the world changed very fast. It is actually The world changed so fast. So I don't think these people who can't really grip just basic technological concepts, just like the, uh, I don't know, the fundamentals. Like you don't have to, I'm not an expert. I don't know how to, I know how to code a little bit. I don't know how to code well. Yeah. Um, but you know the fundamentals. I know the fundamentals, and that's so important just to structure really everything uh, about like what we need in this world. Like tech, like you, so you're saying revolve our t- education system more around technology is probably like the first step, one of the first steps. Um, I would say you gotta. I don't know. I I am a math and science guy, so I'm gonna say STEM all the way. Obviously, like you gotta teach kids how to read and write. That's that's a given. Those are the right? basics. That's the basics. You you go through like maybe for maybe like kindergarten through like fourth grade, you're probably pretty good. Yeah. Um, and all all about I understand the need for history. I just when you got finite history, finite resources and finite time, I don't know how important Mesopotamia is. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I I, I think that's but it's more, an easy class. It's an easy class. I think that's more of a specialty. You know what I mean? Like, just like they weren't teaching us business in fifth grade. Yeah. Because you don't want to be a business person. And I don't know. I know there's a lot. Pete, the argument's always going to be that there's lessons to be learned from history. 100% there is. Yeah. I just don't know that it needs to be its own class. Yeah. Like, maybe just like, you know, one, two weeks, give the basics. But yeah, I don't, I don't, it's hard to say because history, it, you just got to, if it's finite, you got to pick and choose. And I don't think Mesopotamia is important. Assuming <laughs> <laughs> it's not no yeah there's definitely things like that and also when it comes to like a reading class i feel like in, in whenever we had any kind of reading class i feel like that should be more open which it might be nowadays but it should be a lot more open to include stuff that's not that isn't just shakespeare or like these really old books that like you know it's cool like i, I understand getting back to the thing i understand shakespeare like he had his thing he had his thing going on like he was cool but like personally i just can't get into the language of, of shakespeare so like, why don't we let kids get into stuff and read stuff that they're into 
so to further encourage reading because i think a lot of people and kids are turned off of reading and just that the whole act of gaining knowledge through text because they just can't relate but they just don't like how is somebody how is like a some kid in downtown chicago gonna relate to like uh romeo and juliet and be forced to read that and do like a a book report on that which i don't even know if that happens in chicago but i know in taunton that happened like that happened for me at least and it was plenty of other stories that like i just didn't resonate with right like we didn't have enough leeway to read what we wanted to read yeah getting back to the finite sorry we, I'm okay. just going to say this. We weren't like in school, like they don't make you out to be like a true scholar. They just make you out to be this, like, just for the test, like a true scholar in school, like pursues their own knowledge and, and uh, teaches themselves things. And uh, that's kind of what we lose in school. Go ahead. So back to the finite thing about um, Romeo and Juliet, like how much time in our school, if you'd put a percentage on it, it like it's pretty significant, like time spent on reading Shakespeare out loud. A lot. I forgot it was all loud too. We had to act it out. It was odd, dude. It was weird. And then like, why do we have to do that? I don't know. It's like we had to be on stage for like about forty-five minutes to an hour. We had to act out. Yeah. Romeo, oh Romeo, where art thou, oh Romeo? And then you got like people who can't even read. (laughs) And have to do the parts. That was the worst, man. Dude, it was just so weird. And And the entire time, like. And especially if you like, if you had a part, you weren't even paying attention because you're just reading your part over and over again. Like, all right, I'm going to be ready for it. Um, it was just, I just, I think the priorities are a little all over the place. There's no yeah. way that you should spend, dude, like, so English class in high school was almost 50. So you, so we had eight classes, right? Mm-hmm. Every year. One of them was English. So what's that? It's one divided by eight. Uh, 12.5%. So 12.5% of your entire high school years are spent in English. Of that 12.5%, I would, honestly, I feel like half the time was Shakespeare. Yeah, so what's the other half? Like, I don't even know what the other half was. I guess they taught us how to write, like, paragraphs and... Uh, stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that. But, so, this way, dude. High school, 6%. 6.25%. 6%. Over 6%, if you want to be, if you want to make it sound even worse. Over yeah. six, over six percent of your schooling in high school was dedicated to a play, <laughs> a play or some kind of story, like not even yeah. just Shakespeare either. There was other stories that were just like, dude. Like, oh yeah, but I mean that the entire. Well, I'm saying strictly Shakespeare. I think was fifty percent. <laughs> just I mean, oh, Shakespeare. Just say Shakespeare. We're talking in the neighborhood of six percent. And it's yeah, like, imagine hey, if you outline like, uh, like do like a pie chart of schooling and give the percentages of different aspects and different um, subjects that we learn. I'd be like, this doesn't add up. Like, uh, there's, the math just doesn't seem right here on the amount of time. Like, if we did a time versus subject percentage pie chart. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, I'd just be like, all right, this isn't, like. It's not adding up. It's here. like, wait, where, where are you going to fit in, like, personal budgeting, right? Yeah, that's important. <laughs> exactly, dude. Like, that's not helping, helping people. Yo, I've never taught that in school. Nobody. Dude, no one teaches you, like, hey, what's a FICO score? <laughs> But hey, but Romeo, oh Romeo, where art thou, Romeo, dude? For six percent of your schooling in high school, it doesn't make any sense, man. It really doesn't. And just yeah. like the whole concept of uh, 
I don't know. It's just too much. I mean, I'm glad we got summers off though. That like that's a really positive. Like summers was, off was the greatest. Was, yeah, but um, back to the um, what were you talking about? Shakespeare. Oh, yeah, the yeah. time we waste at school, man. Yeah, the time we waste. But there was, I had uh, something specific about it. Um, shit. English. Well, we, okay. Damn it. Whatever. Just keep, we'll keep going. It's all. I'll come, it'll come back to me. But it was a good point. It was. Um, that's whatever, dude. All right, whatever. School's um, a waste of time. We all know that. What? Not completely, though. We just oh. need to reprioritize. Yeah. You got your point? Yeah, I got my point. Okay. It, school is more about, like, shoving information down people's yeah. throats, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it, the worst part, so that's bad in itself, just shoving information. But yeah. then it's, like, useless information, too, most of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right because you can <laughs> shove useful information down people's throats. yeah dude it'd be nice I mean, like dude if they sh- if they shoved like personal finance and um i don't know other stuff like career how to develop a career or how to be a good person maybe too i don't know just like yeah exactly what? yeah you go soft like skills like that like soft skills too you know soft I mean? skills <laughs> um but instead of it being shoved down your throat because we used to live you know, pre-internet, we lived in a world where like you had to just go to the library and read and no one yeah. was doing that. So they had to shove information and needs to switch to like a query based education. And what query I mean by as in, yeah, what do you mean? So when you, I don't know, like you can look up anything, man. So you've got to like teach kids how to like look, like I can go yeah. on Google and search for, I can do like in our hands, I, I, in your pocket at all times, you have the world's knowledge. <laughs> the, the world's end. knowledge. Dude, almost take it for other, granted. other than like stuff that's paywall protected, you have the entire world history is right here. Yeah. We right. just take it for granted, man. Yeah, we take it. For, but the point is that, I mean, even in our school, we didn't have smartphones. Like, you didn't have like, yeah. when we were in high school, you didn't have the entire world in your pocket at all times. That's when the world shifted. When yeah. the internet went from a room that you had to go on at certain times and you might have to fight with people over it to yeah. it's inside of your pocket at all times like yeah. all the time and you can always watch 1080p videos anywhere you want <laughs> yeah that's when the world shifted man yeah and the point of the query based learning is how to how to teach children young adults how yeah. to navigate those queries like how do you how can you use these queries to um better yourself you yeah i mean it just comes down to being curious, like teach them how to know how to utilize the internet because the internet is a tool and you can use it in the wrong way and you, or you can use it in the right way. And um, I don't know if people are like, are people teaching people how to utilize this thing called the internet? I don't think so. I don't think they can. Well, it goes back to the, are these people even equipped to do so? Nope, they're not. I oh, don't think I so. <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you, you there. Oh, okay. I can uh, hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we're good now. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think they are. They're not equipped. I mean, nothing for nothing, but if you're like over the age of, I don't know, I guess I put it at 40 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you just, you're not going to have a fundamental understanding of how it works unless like you made it. Cons- like, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Yeah, exactly. We're not hating. Um, but unless you made an effort, it just wasn't part of who you were. Yeah, exactly, um, man. And I was thinking about that the other day, dude, like how the internet is like almost part of who we are. And it's like, we've grown up with the internet. And I was, I was literally having this conversation with somebody who's 24. So it's kind of like in the same 
age bracket, right? Like within three years of what we are, it's like every the kind of people understand what we're talking about. And it's that we, like I was at my adolescence when the internet was at its adolescence. And it seems to be like, as I've grown up, the internet has also grown up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, there was still some kind of technology around, but it isn't like at it, how it is now. And it seems like it is a part of us. Like, can you imagine your life without the internet now? Like it would be totally different. It we wouldn't be, be here. We wouldn't <laughs> literally, man, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now. So can you imagine that absent from your life? Um, it would be something to get used to, but I kind of do remember a time where it was somewhat absent, right? But yeah. it was still there. Like the idea was of connectivity was still there, but it wasn't always in our life like it is now. So like you said, dude, it is a part of us. It is like another appendage that we just hold on to. It's like another limb, right? Yeah. If you don't learn how to use that other limb or you're learning from people that don't know how to use that other uh, extension of yourself, you can definitely get lost in this world, man, because <laughs> it's just so like, if, if you don't check yourself using this kind of technology, um, you're going to wreck yourself because it's just so easy for these people that make like do the marketing for any kind of like um, internet company to just suck in your attention to like just to to, um take advantage of a certain kind of stimuli like the color red or something and Mm -hmm. to just suck you in to their idea and their brand and um yeah you can lose a part of yourself if you're not if you're not uh wary about it and i think that's what's happening to a lot of people man yeah well it's because people don't even parents aren't equipped to like, no. but not even because like when we were kids it used to be like oh don't spend too much time in front of the tv don't play too many video games yeah but i feel like i would much rather have my child playing video games all day every day than just being on a, a, a tablet or a phone oh dude 100 like all technology isn't just one thing like all technology isn't bad because the thing about video games is is it exercises your brain if you play the right games like you know there's all games are also have their own categories mm. but like We'll say like even just something like a first person shooter, like online playing like Call of Duty, as mindless as that seems, it's, you're actually doing some kind of like hand eye coordination exercise that you don't get when you're just scrolling through Twitter or, uh, you know, Facebook or something. Yeah, but it's terrible because those things get grouped together. Like, oh, you're yeah. playing video games on your phone. Like, no, dude, they're completely different. Like, one is very active. You know I mean, yeah. you're very engaged. The other one, you're just sitting there being fed. One, you're thinking. And the other, you're not. You're just kind of like sucking in, like you said, being yeah. fed. Because one, you're, well, video games are still being fed, but you're also um, have some kind of thought process that is involved in it, which video games are crazy nowadays, dude. Like that, they're like meant to be addicting. Like they build them it's to sad. be addicting. And, but at the same time, they're addicting. They're also crazy awesome. Like video games are really good right now. <laughs> They're almost too good. <laughs> yeah. Dude, speaking of that, like they've been pushing ads on me for PS5, and I'm like, oh no. Dude, I'm like, I wouldn't feel that 400 bucks. I wouldn't even feel it. <laughs> and you'd have a PS5. I, I don't know. even know what games are on the for launch right now. Like, I'm not even really like. If it's the fifth PlayStation, dude, I was like, what? Like, like it's just too much for me, you know. And the Xbox Series X, that's the worst name ever. 
like and also xbox one was probably the worst name ever too because it wasn't the xbox one because literally this dude was telling me a story the other day about his xbox and he was like yeah you know i went in my he went somewhere and he found his xbox one i'm like that's cool but he was like no like actually it was an xbox one it was like an xbox i'm like oh and i was like dude that's such a horrible name like why would they call it that and it's all marketing yeah, shout out to 360 though. That was a good system. Oh, 360 is the go. Everybody knows Xbox 360 was the go. Even though it overheated like three times for me, <laughs> I had to ship it to Microsoft three times and do the uh, everyone blanket knows trick. The, the blanket <laughs> trick that which actually worked, which was funny. It actually like bought me some time until I could get the um the return on that. Dude, the crazy thing about that, I sent mine back twice. And I baked it like three times. And then, <laughs> it worked. And then, yeah, dude, for people who don't understand, what happened was like, there's some kind of, my understanding is just some kind of chip that would like come out, come undone because it overheat. Yeah. So what you yeah. did, it, you would overheat it even more and it would melt back down. Yeah, it would, it would, it would melt the gel, like the cooling gel. <laughs> yeah. So it, so it would just make it so it wouldn't overheat. It's crazy, dude. Dude, those oh are the days. Dude, also, uh, the concept of blowing on the old cartridges for the... Oh, uh, yeah. What game system was that? That was N64. Uh, no, SNES. Well, I guess it was N64 and uh, SNES. Yeah. Those cartridges. I assume, that I don't actually know. worked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, but there's that, that pit you got in your stomach. You're playing. All of a sudden, your screen goes black. You look at your Xbox, and it's got three rings of death. <laughs> like, fuck, <laughs> Yeah, especially dude, when you're, oh, in sixth, you're, in, you're in sixth grade, dude. You don't got 250 bucks to go buy a new Xbox. Like, this is it. Yeah. My life's yeah, over. At that point, there was no Xboxes. Like, there was uh, actually, like, a shortage of 360s. So, it was, yeah. like, it was a weird time period where, like, it was, like, the 360s just came out. But if you got one, like, you was, like, whoa, dude, you got a 360? Like, everybody pretty much can just get a PS5 probably next week. No. Just no. I've heard they are sold out, but, like, Dude, maybe like next week, the week after, like uh, yeah. you know, what I mean, I don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal. Like the three sixties was like, I, I think it was like for maybe like two months, like maybe a month, even longer, really, because it was just so many problems with them, and yeah. everybody wanted one. But why is the? I, I know the PS Five. Uh, there's like a wait list right now, right, or something. I don't know. You can just go online. Like I can't. The marketing got to me. And I was like, dude, let me just see if I get one in my car. If I get one in my car, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the waitlist is all part of that they're like oh just you know just make it so it seems like scarce but yeah it's, that could be a thing too the nintendo Wii was like that too i remember i, I called for months i'd call gamestop mm-hmm. and dude this is back when uh the internet wasn't as popular i remember we had a phone book i'd go to the phone book and i would wow. gamestop and there was two of them and i'd call like both <laughs> yeah <laughs> and man. rate him shout out phone books that's nuts yeah, dude, imagine, dude, like, that was the thing, like, you got a phone book, you had to have a phone book, how would you look it up? How, in like, even before, um, navigation, like, you had to have a map, or just know where you were going, I yeah. always wonder that, too, like, how did people just, because if I want to go to the beach, I just put in the beach, or, you know, somewhere, yeah. if I want to go to a restaurant, I just go to that restaurant, like, how did you know how to get to that restaurant? You didn't, you, you, you didn't. So, I, that means people, before... There's, I think Google Maps is a crazy revolutionary app. And we're just, that's something we're really sleeping on. You can go anywhere in the world if you have the energy. Like if you have the means to, you, I mean, not right now, but like you used to be able to go anywhere in the world. Like if you have a car and you have infinite money, you can, I could literally go to Prague right now. Well, not right now, but like before the lockdown, I could put in Prague, get in my car and literally go there if I wanted to no directions like no just literally something that's free 
right? You just need to have a phone and have Google and you could go to any location on earth. Yeah. Craziness. Craziness. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, I think for as a business owner, not me, as if I was a business owner, mm-hmm. I think location back in the day, as they say, was probably so much more important. Like if yeah. you were on a main road, you couldn't be tucked behind somewhere. Like yeah. This random ass location because no one would come to you. But now mm-hmm. as long as your product's good and it's like, you know, it could be on a side street because people can find you. Yeah, like I, right? I went to this random restaurant in New York City a couple of years ago. And it's like, it was like in Greenwich Village. And I don't know if that's popular or not, but for me, I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is. Mm-hmm. But having Google Maps allowed us to go there. Otherwise, yeah. that would never happen. Like, well, we can't go there. <laughs> how, how would we get there? Like, I don't even know, I wouldn't know how to get back. Right? It's like, it's opening up like a new world. Like, we are different beings, man. Like, we aren't the beings that didn't have this technology, unfortunately, because if it is part of us, like we talked about before, and it's another appendage on the human experience and the human body, that means it's like another, I guess you can say evolution in how we act. And that makes us, it seems to me, like different kind of beings. It doesn't mean we're like, you know, alien, but it seems like if we know how to utilize your phone correctly, you're just like on another level than other people that, you know, don't know how to use technology. And we're in that time right now where it's the advent of that kind of technology. So we have a hybrid kind of species of humans and it's people that know how to use technology and utilize it and how it should be and like become better people and better the world through it. And then there's other people that don't really know how to use it and kind of just get sucked into it just like the television. And yeah. uh, But it's a fine line. It's a fine line. Oh yeah, dude. Being, a, being able to use it strictly as a tool versus being able to use it, getting lost in it. Oh yeah. It's like, dude, it's like you're selling your soul. You know, you're like, um, I'm trying to think there's definitely some kind of archetype where like you, like you sell your soul to the devil kind of thing and you get yeah. a lot of power. You get a lot of power. Yeah. But like it fucks you up. Like you, you're doing that when you're using your, your phone. You know what I mean? You're selling your soul when you use your phone. What do you mean? Because, dude, like, it's so dangerous. Like, you're going to, you're gonna, you don't know if you're just going to, like, in the, be, like, on Reddit for, like, three hours. You're like, what the fuck, man? Oh. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. When you, oh, it's yeah. Dangerous, you open dude. yourself up to it. Like, you open yourself up to the, to the, the whole experience of the phone. When if you just don't even open up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's, like, selling your soul, though, man. I don't hey, know if I understand that aspect, though. Maybe not selling your soul. Let me go with a different metaphor. It's, like, uh, I feel like you were a sales guy, right? And you're mm-hmm. doing cocaine because it helped you go. Yeah. You're one or two lines from like losing it all. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you can go overboard with it. You gotta just do just enough cocaine just to get you a couple <laughs> good sales. But you keep doing cocaine, it's, it's not gonna be. Yeah. Too much is bad. I don't understand. And, it, and it's so easy because it's addictive and they make it addictive. It's so easy to be like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna look up my pizza place. Like, and then all of a sudden you're mm-hmm. watching some kind of video about playstation 5 reviews and you're like dude let me see if i can get one you're watching a video hold on i'm gonna show you something you're watching you end up just like on a video like this let me share my screen i was gonna show you this watch this one can you see it yeah it's pretty crazy <laughs> oh, I, this is like I, I, I saw this i was in bed and i read it this morning i saw this like, this is crazy because this is just some guy that lives in some african village doing these like yeah. look at that like what is that dude how did he not tear his rotator cuff <laughs> right there dude you know the, you know what i'm talking about I scroll uh, back a little bit. Yeah. Hold on. I want to get to that part. Pause it right where he's like, his rotator cuff is about to commit suicide. 
We're there. Right. Yep, dude. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Dude, dude my, sho- like- <laughs> my, sh- my shoulders hurt looking at that, dude. Like, how do you not crazy. just... That's <laughs> crazy. It, it's funny because it's in an African village. Like, that dude literally probably just, like, that, that guy, he doesn't know, like, the world, the internet, Google. He's just a really strong farm guy, and he's able to do these moves. Like, I don't know. We have these crazy athletes all over the world. Like, look at that. Oh yeah! <laughs> How do you go from that position where your your rotator cuff is almost um, like tearing itself, and from that you push yourself and flip onto <laughs> your shoulders, man, like that? That's craziness, dude. That's big. Dick. That's that's big dick energy right there. That's huge. Oh yeah. my god! What's funny is the uh, the first time I, I realized that I was so enamored by him, I didn't realize that he was like. In the like in a jungle, the jungle. Yeah, he was like in the middle of Africa. I didn't realize Crazy. that. So shout out that guy. Like he doesn't have like a gym. You know, he doesn't have Planet Fitness he can go to. That's that is Planet out. Fitness. That literally Planet. It's the Planet Fitness. Oh, yeah, man. That, that was, was good. good. No, all right. So getting back to what you said about like, I like how you said you compared to um, cocaine usage, the phone usage, because it kind of is in that yeah. way, self-admitted by the people that made these social media platforms that it's acting on the same neurotransmitters as these drugs do, which yeah. is our hormones, which is dopamine and serotonin. So literally these, this phone is rewiring our brain to um, become dopamine, serotonin deficient until we get those hits, until we go and get the notification uh, on Instagram or something. And that's making us unhappy. That's making us addicts that unless we scratch the itch, <laughs> we're going to be depressed, right? Just like the cocaine addict, just like the meth addict. So it's crazy that this, <clears throat> this thing that we're discussing, this whole conversation seems to be centered around technology and the internet. And it's crazy that it's morphing into this like addictive uh, thing. Like it's, it's this addictive practice that we have to really check ourselves with, dude. It's it's a, and to go back to other point though, it's so important to like get ahead in this world. And it's just the, the navigation of it. It's like, how do you teach kids how to use crack cocaine responsibly? <laughs> because they're eventually going to do crack cocaine, right? Is that what you're saying? They're going to get a hold of it? Dude, it's, it's inevitable. It's like dare class. They're going to, they're going to come in. And instead of like, the problem is, it's like with this thing, you can't say, don't do it. Like they didn't dare. It's got to be like, okay, you're going to do crack, but how do you do it responsibly? Yeah. That's what it is, man. You get to limit the crack, you know, and just don't let the crack get to you. Same thing with the phone it's hard it's so hard because i go through these i don't know about you i go through these periods where like i'm super duper disciplined yeah and then i I go through these periods when i get super addicted to it and i'm for the last probably two or three years i've been cycling in and out of those trying to break (laughs) free from it but you never do yeah it gets dark at like i get home and it's dark it's like what the fuck yeah that that also enables uh, one to use technology more is the darkness just simply it's not a nice day out so it's like what else am i gonna do i might as well just watch dumbass videos on my phone or something exactly um but yeah but there's nothing wrong with a little bit of crack cocaine no it, you in a responsible manner responsibly it can probably help you if you're that sales it, guy like we talked about you know you got to get the yeah, maybe not crack actually <laughs> not crack actually maybe just cocaine who knows yeah i mean dude there's definitely a lot of successful people who use cocaine like as a um like, oh, like steroids would be for like an athlete. Like, yeah, as a cocaine. performance enhancer. 
it's a, yeah, a performance enhancing drug because they just wouldn't be able. I don't know what the long term effects of that are, but there's definitely um, benefit. You know what I mean? They're, they're ahead. There's top sales guys who are just absolute coke addicts. Yeah, there's financial benefits, not maybe not necessarily biological benefits. Yeah, dude, these guys are raking it in, dude. And the only way, and then it becomes a vicious cycle because they can only uh, they have to keep being the top sales guy because they have to keep buying the cocaine and they're only <laughs> and they're only the top sales guy because they continue to do the cocaine. It's just a crazy cycle. They can't get out of it, dude. And <laughs> dude, it, you'll be damned if they're gonna give up their fucking yacht. No, they're not, dude. <laughs> That's not an option, dude. That's not on the table. So they have to keep doing cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be, they, they, that can be reference to the technology too. Like there's people that have yachts and you know, they, they have a livelihood on the phone, I guess you could say, or they just, we just, we just treat it as a drug and it's uh, something that you have to use responsibly. It's almost like you said, we need dare programs for phones in a way. <laughs> yeah. There needs to be educational. Yeah. Uh, Does that come down to the parent you think? Yeah, but it's a lot of bear, a lot of burden to put on somebody um, who doesn't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. it would be. I think it might be better. Um, I don't know. Two, there's two sides to that coin. Um, I think there's people who control it, and at least maybe if I'm out of control, but I recognize it. Not that I'm out of control, but you know what I mean. I, I like I said, I flip back and forth. Um, yeah. But I recognize the danger, so hopefully I'll be able to teach my children the dangers yeah. of it. But then there, then there's the people who are just like, uh, you know, like alcoholic parents and their kids start drinking at like eight years old. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's, cause that, that, there's two coins. There's people who recognize the problem. Then there's also people who don't realize that technology is a problem. And if your mom's addicted to Facebook and she's posting everything, well, good God, you're never going to get the, hey, be careful. Yeah, right? Oh, man, that's so true, dude. And honestly, the majority of the population – does not recognize that it's a problem and honestly like you said we're hypocrites we're speaking from experience here we actually know it's a problem <laughs> right uh, well dude just there's people in like recovery well, I know it's a lot worse yeah i oh, know it's it a lot worse but there's people who do like i mean you can recognize it's a problem but still be involved in it yeah <laughs> exactly exactly but it's it's one of those things you can't not participate in though yeah, if you want to just, I mean, yeah, I, you think you I would was, not have a phone? It would just, you would just have setbacks. Like you would, it's my alarm, it's my navigation system, it's how I get in contact with people. Yeah, uh, it's just everything. It's my connection to this world, like communication. Like I can't, my if I didn't have my phone or like a computer, I would be in a completely different mindset. And it almost seems, it almost seems simpler. It almost seems yeah. more peaceful. I drop my phone in the shower because that's how fucking addicted I am to it. Mm -hmm. Wow. But I brought it in the shower to like watch, like listen to music or something. Yeah. And it fell off and it fell like into the, um, into the water and it kind of fucked it up a bit. So like the next morning I went to plug it in and it said like, it had like a water symbol on it and it had like an X. I was like, oh shit. So I put it in rice to dry it out. And um, I had a second, I was like, dude, maybe I'll just get like a flip phone. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, maybe this is it. Like, this is the change I needed. Like, I don't want to spend money on a phone anyways. Maybe I'll just yeah. get like, Forty dollar flip phone, and then like get like a, a dope iPod, just as. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. I yo, I left my yoga. I mean, I left my phone at the yoga studio. I don't know if I told you the story. And I think I so. And I couldn't get it. Well, I'll just tell it for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else that decides to listen. So, I left my phone at the yoga studio, and I couldn't go get it because I don't have the key to the studio. 
And uh, so the whole next day after that night, I had to go without my phone. And at first I was like, oh man, like, oh man, like, what am I going to do? I don't have my phone. Like, how am I? I just like felt this like weird disconnect from the world for some reason, even though I know it's just a day, like there was just some kind of like, there was something, even though I knew it was going to be okay, there was something in me that was just like, oh, I'm missing something like, like that limb we talked about. And, uh, isn't that scary though? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. That's how I know that it actually is an addiction. Cause what would a, what would a cocaine addict do without his Coke? He'd be like, Oh, what the fuck, man? Like, oh, oh I got to get my Coke. Well, it's the same kind of like, I feel like it's the same thought process when it comes to a phone. I was like, damn man, like I need my phone. Like I gotta see what's going on. And it was only for like, it was that night. Then I woke up in the morning and it was a lot better. Like that feeling was a lot better. And, uh, throughout the day I was actually like, wow, this is really nice actually. Like it feels, it felt weird for me to like, cause every time we look at our phone, I feel like there's some kind of uh, like itch that you have to scratch, right? Like, like a literal addict, like some, there's some, how many times you just look at it, just be like, just to look at it, right? Just because like, there's something in you that tells you to just be like, just to like some kind of reflex to just look at your phone. Yeah, exactly. I so- had that reflex and I didn't, there was no phone to, to, to look. And I was just like, and it made me pay attention to how, like how many of these reflexes that I'm not even paying attention to when I do have that itch when I, and, and I can scratch it with the phone. It's scary, man. It is weird. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. And it is the best solution to like, I'd almost like to have a phone, like the smartphone, obviously, cause it's such a good tool, but like not as the daily carry, like, maybe I don't need to bring my phone everywhere I go. Maybe I have two phones. Like I have one that's a flip phone because the whole thing is like, oh, dude, you, now you can't go to the store without a phone. What if something happens? That's the whole what thing. Something happens. Bro. What happened in the 80s and the 90s? I know. Like that? that but that's, that's like, I feel like if you leave your phone home, like, but what if something happens? Um, that's, that's what's keeping you from like not leaving at home. But I feel like if I just had a phone, you know, like 2008 style that did, text messages and um yeah and calls and calls i'd be fine i'd be like i'd be cool and then like when i was going somewhere like i'm still going on a hike oh, i'll bring my smartphone because it's gonna play my music <laughs> what if that's this problem too dude it's everything it's yeah, everything it's everything like we said it's an extension of ourselves it's everything but even my example right there i'm just like oh dude i'll just I'll, if i'm going to like pick up something at the store i don't need my phone no but then what, what if something but, happened <laughs> No, not even that. Like, well, what am I going to listen to in the car in there? So I got to bring my phone. Yeah. What if right? I get to What if I get to Home Depot and I can't find the item? Okay, well, I got to look up where it is uh, in yeah. the store. It's just everything, dude. It really has changed our experience, and it's only getting crazier. It's yeah, only it, getting more in depth. It's just too useful. That's the problem. It's too good. Exactly, dude. It's like just like cocaine. Yeah, just like yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like cocaine, dude. It's too good. I've actually never done cocaine for anybody listening. I don't also, I don't condone it. Yeah, We've been yeah, offered but... though. We said no. Say no to cocaine. <laughs> hey, but exactly. And that's how I know I'll never do it. Because if there was ever a moment, it was going to be at that wedding. <laughs> it was and only that moment. Yeah. And I said no. So I'm like, it has no power over me apparently. Oh, what were we even talking about? Just technology and how it's ruining and helping our lives. It's, it's the best and worst thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Yeah, it really that's, is. If you were to sum up the whole podcast, that's what it's been. Technology is yeah. the best and worst thing that ever happened to everyone. And it's the craziest minute. thing. It's the craziest thing that has ever happened to us. Just like, I mean, 
just the fact that we can do this, I'm not actually in the same room as you. I didn't have to spend any gas to hang out with you. We just put some headphones on and kind of just hang out. Like this is actually like revolutionary technology. It doesn't seem like it because it surrounds us all the time. Mm. But if you were to bring this back to even just like before the phones, before like telephones are even a thing. And people get, what the, this is like something out of Star Wars, dude. Like, just, you're not actually in the room with me and we're communicating with each other. Like my, my transmission of energy to you in the form of speech isn't like, we don't have to be in a local environment anymore. It's traveling through space and time and reaching your ears when usually I would have to be in the same room. Like there's no, there's no like locality doesn't matter anymore. Like think about that, dude. Yeah. And and at a blink of an eye. I was going to say, um, it's VR video calling a thing, but then both of us would have that stupid fucking thing on our face. The what? If we, I was saying, like, oh, well, what's next for this? Is like, is VR video calling going to be a thing? Mm-hmm. Like, imagine we're sitting in the room, you can look around and you're there, but then we both have to wear those stupid fucking goggles. So I don't know yeah. how that would work. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work. It would have to be like augmented reality. Where... But it, wouldn't that be cool, dude? Like, imagine if like you were sitting there and I could look around and I feel like in your, I'm in your room and you feel like you're in my room. Or maybe oh, we're in, or we're both in like a different location. Like, we, we feel like we're by a creek or something because that's where it's going, I think vr like multiplayer vr well just like so me and you if you had a 3d camera right yeah and it was put on you and i had well not 3d but a vr camera mm-hmm. i have a vr camera right so it puts us both into the world right yeah the only problem is um we'd be the goggles so it wouldn't it wouldn't it'd be both of us wearing goggles talking to each other yeah. right? <laughs> it really stupid but if they had like contacts or something where you couldn't see it yeah right it would feel like we're just like sitting there in the same room where I can look, I can like, I can look down, I can see like your, your coffee cup to your left. Right. Oh, yeah. Like we share the environment. Cause right now yeah, we're, we're not sharing environments. No, we're sharing a screen. Yeah. And, I, and if I go, if I do this, maybe it feels like I'm there, but um, <laughs> not really. Um, but if we could share the environment and uh, that would be crazy. And I feel like that's probably going to be a thing. Right. Yeah. That's like throwing a whole nother, like we're just at the, the cusp of, we're just at the beginning of VR yeah. for the most part. When you throw in like multiplayer VR sharing environments, that is, that is the next big step for video games and just like changing well, our experience. I guess that'll be a thing, but it'll be like an avatar, right? So it could still, you could be, we could both be video game characters and be in the same VR. Yeah. It would be the same. But I think, would you think hologram would come first before like VR video call? Like I would have that we both have the, some kind of device that hog makes us like a hologram into this area. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is technically possible. Like they do that. It would be expensive because you would have to have a special setup. I would have, so we'd, you'd need two cameras, the special setup for the cameras. And then you also need the special setup for like the receiving of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it'd be, Ooh, I guess like they'd, they'd sell it as a kit, but that'd be pretty cool. I mean, I don't see that as a really distant possibility. Like, I can. Like, I think that's the next step for video games altogether. It's just approaching a VR, but VR that's accessible for everybody. Like VRs right now, it's just kind of like this experimental prototype in a way. Like it's not. People still game on their keyboards and mouse and like controllers, and that's still like the the main way of gaming. Like there's the like, VR isn't going to overtake that anytime soon. But I think there has to be like a huge game on VR that 
bends like the boundaries of gaming that everybody can like and maybe you don't have to wear the huge goggles and maybe they minimize it a little bit like something like halo like if there was not necessarily not necessarily halo the franchise but something to that magnitude where if something like halo is comes onto vr and like it has multiplayer somehow dude it's gonna be elder scrolls that's oh, that's what we'll bring yeah. that that's that's the oh. answer it's the next elder scrolls game in vr that's how you get me to buy a ps5 like <laughs> yeah so i'd be like wait hold on a second okay that must well, be crazy imagine so you got these headphones on and you got the goggles you're in the world like you're that's nuts. yeah dude hey dude and then you just have like a wiimote or whatever they use now <laughs> and you just swing your sword that's crazy yeah that's too much though and i don't think vr is going to go well because facebook owns oculus okay when i say well i mean i mean like um good for people <laughs> Oh, you think Facebook is just kind of like use VR to suck people in more? Well, yeah, that's the, that's the business model. <laughs> that is the business model, which is crazy. <laughs> We're going to suck you in. It's that simple, dude. That's how they make money. They make money off of our attention. <clears throat> so these companies will do whatever they can do in an ethical manner so they don't get sued <clears throat> to make money off of uh our attention span essentially so if they can hook us up to vr these goggles and get us sucked in to the facebook dude. world then yeah, yes dude. we will there's nothing more immersive than like they're never going to have your attention more than when you have this giant thing strapped to your face oh man that's the next step dude and the people i just picture like people like more with the obese just sitting with vr and headphones on all day sort of like the cartman episode the world of war yeah like, in- yeah exactly I just, I don't think I'm ever going to do VR because it just seems like it's really terrible for your eyes. Like, there's yeah, no way. There's no way that it can be good for you. Like, there's but, no way. Well, they have, like, laser surgeries, right? Like, fix people's eyes so, like, you're good. Yeah, I think eye surgery is uh, pretty advanced now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the damage is done by VR, though. It's, like, almost like burning your eyelids. <laughs> yeah. It's too but much. I feel like, yeah, I get, it would have to be pretty good, right? Uh, in terms of, uh, like, there's got to be economic incentive because, like, nobody can see it. So if you think about like a problem, hold on, let me rephrase this. In terms of money-making opportunities, since we live in mostly like a capitalist society, um, and anything has to be economically incentivized. Yeah. So <clears throat> poor vision affects older people. Older people typically have more money. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's going to be something they're going to want to solve because there's a lot of money to be made. Like, dude, if we can fix people, and it's something that people love to do, see. If we can fix people's vision, you know how much money we can make on that? Because mm. every, every old person in America is going to want that in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, just good. it's a good market. Yeah, it's a good market. So I would imagine that it's going to move pretty quickly. It's not like, uh, you got to feel like this, like, when there's no economic incentive, like, uh, you have some, like, random disease. Like, it's never going to get cured, dude, because no one's going to spend the money to like uh like cure it you know I mean? which is sad that we that that's how human uh that's how human nature is is that in the current system that we have is that there has to be financial incentive in order for there to be uh scientific advancements yeah well i mean yeah that's just the way the world we live in or like it's got to be different like breast cancer gets a lot of publicity for obvious reasons yes it's easy to market that um and i'm sure that i don't know I know it doesn't work rank like on the top of cancers, but it probably gets the most uh, publicity, even though there's probably a cancer that's less glamorous and glamorous isn't the word, but you know what I mean? Um, I guess. Yeah. I know. It's, it's not about boobs. You know what I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, so it doesn't sell as well, even though it's a bigger problem. <laughs> yeah, that might have something to do with it. It's about boobs. Dude, it has everything to do with it. Wasn't it literally a tagline if you, like, save the titties or something like that? If you and just, hey, I am not hating against that. I'm just pointing out a fact that some that problems that may not be – well, no, it is a big problem. But there's bigger problems that don't get the attention that they deserve because yeah. they're not boobs. Yeah, like the rectal cancer. Save the rectal cancer. Yeah, dude, honestly, I think like – I bet you that's bigger. Like, rectal cancer is a big problem because of diets. I mean, but we don't hear about it. Exactly, because it's not glamorous, dude. That must suck, dude. Shout out to everybody that has rectal cancer. That probably sucks. It's really bad. I, I looked into it. It's really bad. They got, <laughs> like, they got like, you think you had rectal cancer? Oh, when I was having my digestive issues, it's just like when you're looking at colonoscopies, like you just, yeah, just you're running. With it. <laughs> it, it, I was on my phone. I was like, well, I guess I should find out. Like, bad, dude. Like they got to read like, so like if you have like uh, some skin cancer, like they just cut the skin cancer off, right? Yeah. Can't Pretty straightforward. Well, yeah, but they go in and like they resection your like intestines, oh, yeah. so oh, they take out some of your intestines. So like, if you have like ten foot, ten foot, if you have ten feet of intestines, right? Yeah. And then, but this is this part, the middle is affected. They're gonna cut the middle out and then sew oh. those other two parts together. That's nuts. And sometimes you can't poop. Oh. Like so, you got like a bag. The bag, dude. The bag's terrifying. That's like oh. shoot me. I know a guy with the bag. I work with a guy with the bag. That sucks, dude. That's gotta yeah, smell pretty bad. I mean, I don't smell it, but yeah. For no, him. but for him, for him, when he's like changing it, dude, like imagine, like I'm sure you get used to it, but that sucks. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. All you're saying is there's other cancers that are a little more uh, affected to the human body than breast cancer necessarily. Not, not necessarily affected, but probably. it's not even like a ranking scale. There's just different aspects, and just breast cancer just gets a lot of publicity. That's all we're saying. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's still it is a huge problem. I'm glad it gets the publicity. But it gets publicity for a reason. Um, <laughs> just like the other, the whole point of that is like you can have like a random disease, and if it doesn't affect enough people or like, or the marketing isn't good, then the marketing is good. Get funding and research. Yeah, or yeah, like you don't. It doesn't affect like a super genius's relative. It's not yeah. gonna get done. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like, yeah. How do we like change it, that? You think universal healthcare is the next thing for America? Is where we kind of lean toward that, or is that just not an American thing? Uh, it's my understanding of where universal healthcare quote unquote, is going to go. It's not going to be healthcare. It's universal. So um, how do I put it in England? They have the national Institute of health, mm-hmm. socialized medicine. So the hospitals are literally just like funded by the government. Okay. United, United As States, opposed to what? The United States. And again, I, I'm not an expert. Um, the United States is going to do a, um, at least under Joe Biden's plan, it's going to be um, health, socialized health insurance. Okay. Oh, which okay. is different. So you still have your individual hospital groups. Yeah. But you have the health insurance, you have a, a single payer system. You've probably heard that. Mm-hmm. A single payer system where they're just, you just buy health insurance from the government and that's it. Oh. And oh, then every, okay. everyone has the same health insurance. Yeah. It makes sense, but then you still have the American part of it, which is individual hospitals competing. Mm. But the the benefit there is you have the United States government bargaining prices because the way it works is health. If you ever get next time you get like a a bill from like a doctor or anything, it's gonna say like insurance adjustment. So these insurance companies have they agree to a certain amount that they're gonna pay. Well, the United States government says that's what we're paying, 
there's no pushback. There's no negotiation. It's just that's the United true. States government says, no, you charge $10 for insulin. Yeah. I got you. That's how it works. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that could work, but I don't know. Who knows? Any, I, I don't know anything. I don't think anybody <laughs> knows anything. No, nobody really knows. Because if we knew then we'd probably have the solution by now, I, I think. But I think the idea behind it where like, um, maybe there shouldn't be people making money on health insurance. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's not a place. Uh, yeah. It's not like, so There's a lot of people that got rich off of like selling Oxycontins. Not even, not necessarily healthcare. I think you have to economically incentivize healthcare because that's how you get really good doctors. Okay. So what does that mean exactly? What do you mean by that? You start to pay doctors a lot. Still pay doctors? Yeah. So doctors have to get paid. These hospitals, the hospitals themselves, I know a lot of them like run probably nonprofit, but the people involved in them still have to make money because we want them to continue to advance care. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise you get into like, you know, stereotypical communist socialist thing where it's like, so it just, they're not socialized. Like, so hospitals, you say hospitals are not, no, they're privatized. They're still private because from a, you know, the capitalist standpoint is that hopefully that would keep progression going and they're still going to compete. If there's, if there's competition, they'll aim to be better. But if it's all of this and there, there's going to be the competition that leads to, Oh, I'm going to pay that doctor more. Mm-hmm. And that leads to your, your brightest people going Well, some of the brightest people going into medicine. Yeah, I got so you. you. Know it, needs to, it needs to be a high paying field. But health insurance does not to be, we don't need to pay people for health insurance to yeah. administer these plans. And the argument there is that the government can't do it as efficiently. Um, who knows? But there's definitely, I don't know, the idea behind cutting out money from people who make money on insurance. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that seems strange. That's like something like, how do you go to sleep at night? Yeah, dude. No, I'm like, oh yeah, dude, I got a $40,000 bonus because we denied claims to the, you know what I mean? Because the name of the game yeah. is like, they, oh, find a way to deny the claim. Ooh, like, yeah, they have to like pick their words correctly and like find, oh man, yeah. Yeah, like when I got my knee surgery, even outsourced it to other companies, they would send me a letter. I, I ignored it for months. Uh, like, is this, can this claim be... Um, is this part of like a workman's comp? Did this happen at work? Did it happen on someone else's property? They're just looking to push the blame on someone else. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. I, like my company pays like $8,000 a year for health insurance. And like nice. when we want to use it, like I shouldn't have to explain to you how yeah. I hurt my knee. It should be yeah. like, it should just it should be, be something like a, just a, a, a human right in a way. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. And like, but then they, they try to, that's and the insurance company. They're trying to make money there or minimize risk and push it on someone else which is um, like from a business standpoint that's actually understandable but from a, like a moral human standpoint it's like no it just shouldn't be like that it shouldn't like there should money in the mix of that is tough exactly so that's why the single payer system are like all right well everybody just pays into a pot when we get sick hopefully it works out um <laughs> yeah just, i mean it's, it's really complicated though because then you get like the people like well i never smoked my whole life so why should i pay yeah. for somebody it's like yeah, you're always going to have that argument against universal health care. It's like, well, you know, what about all the drunks and the drug addicts? And we have to pay for them? I'm like, well, yeah, like, yeah, but we, we kind of do now anyway. Like, you know, you can't deny a hospital visit that costs money, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, there is some socialization in our medicine that a lot of people don't know of. Yeah, what do you mean? How, do you, how so? Like when, when you, uh, just the, the fact that you can walk into the hospital like in a visit and they have to take care of you like that is some kind of like there is some there's a name for that it's like, that's not socials that's um the company's gonna bear that so the hospital group will bear that 
debt and they'll pass it off. And sell okay. The debt. So it's like socialized through the hospital group, like the, the company. Well, yeah, I want to say socialized because socialized is usually associated with the government. Just, yeah. So it's more so of like a private entity that's funding it. You're saying? Yeah. You're just fucking the hospital. I mean, you, you can do that. Okay. Anyway, you know what I mean? You can go to a restaurant and walk out and not pay. I wouldn't say it's socialized food. I know what you mean. I got you on that one. Okay. So yeah, never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. The, the point is that it's just, they shouldn't be able to make money on off of people wanting to get care. Yeah. Somebody's like, making money on that off yeah. of care. Like somebody just that is suffering and they're going through something and there's somebody making money. Well, it's not even the, for me, it's not that the nurses shouldn't get paid. Obviously they should. It's like these back room people who are like doing the paperwork to like insure the insurance things. It's like, Oh, slimy. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts, dude. Yeah. I think getting back to my point, what I, where I was going was with the, uh, it's like some kind of law, right? Where you have to, like, it's a law where you can't refuse somebody to go to the hospital, right? Isn't it like the right to, like, it's just the right to admittance. I don't know what the actual law is, but you can- I don't know if it's a, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, there is some kind of uh, an action, like some kind, I don't know what it is, some kind of form of legislation that is, makes it so that, you know, you can't deny somebody that goes to a hospital. Like that's actually against the law. And I think that's the only part that I was getting at because I had to think about where I was coming from for a second. And it's not like necessarily like being funded, but in a way it's like there is legislation that points to that direction of universal healthcare and having to worry about like the the people doing the drugs, man. And uh, like, you know, I've never smoked a day in my life. It's that it, it is in a way, like it's not directly being funded, but there's but there's no way that a hospital can refuse you. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's in like the code of like the doctors, like they take like this like weird like culty like code. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, Cause, yeah, because that's the, the thing. Is it a law or is it just like a? a it's practice? like a, it's, it's like a moral code that like. Is doctors... it really though? Like, was what if shit hit the fan with like with the coronavirus? Like, is that? I don't even know. Like, that's. I don't know. I, I just usually these people too the hospitals like they're gonna help people who are sick. They don't like they they're gonna. The, the money making doesn't come from like the doctors, they don't care. They're going to get paid salary or whatever. It's like the administrators have to really worry about that. So yeah. like, if they see somebody with a broken leg, they're not going to like question it. They're like, we're going to fix a broken leg, that leg, ask questions later. And yeah. that's like the moral, that's like their moral code. Um, I know like nurses take like some like, weird, like weird chant they do, which is odd. How do you know say, this? Cause I've been to two, my, my nurse, my sister, and my mother, are both nurses that have been to like their like graduation ceremonies. And like, they all, they like, they light candles. It's called like the something Nightingale promise or something. And oh. they all like, I promise to da 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 So always say da 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 You know what I mean? I was like. Well, you're like I looking was, around at everybody. Like, you see this? I was man? sitting like, this. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I just, I'm like, this is a little weird, huh? So it's like the Pledge of Allegiance. It's like, oh, all that's right. weird. That's a whole other topic, dude. Why the hell did we have to no. go back to the school? I don't even know why we didn't bring that one up. Like, why do we, every single morning. All right, make sure you put your hand over your heart. You know, they didn't force us to stand, but like, if you didn't stand, you were like that, like that renegade kid that like, there was always that one kid in the class that didn't stand. Yeah. I felt like they forced you to stand. They kind of forced you to stand. It was like social pressure to like, I pledge allegiance to the flag in the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God, indivisible for liberty and for all. No, That's ingrained in my mind. Oh, liberty and justice for all. 
Yeah, with liberty and justice for all. All right, whatever. I got most of it right, and that's ingrained in my mind because I did that every day. Why are those words in my subconscious? I'm never going to forget it. Dude, think of how weird was it, this was. So we're sitting there, right, in class. You're talking. Da, 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 da. Everybody's talking to a lot in the, the classroom, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it goes, please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Something like out of the Soviet Union, man. Like, what's Yeah, dude. Hell? And, uh, and 2,500 kids in our school stand up. Towards the flag. You had to be towards the flag. If you weren't towards the flag, then something Bro, And make sure fuck? your hand is over your heart. If it wasn't over your heart, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, I feel like you could explain that to, like, someone who, like, because if you question that to most people, like, what do you mean? It's the Pledge of Allegiance. I'm like, well, what if, like, what if it was, like, the Chinese Communist Pledge of Allegiance? Like, you'd yeah. be like, that's terrible. They make children do that. <laughs> It's communism. That's horrible. That's horrible. It's, like, like, people yeah, don't dude. realize the concept. They get lost in the stars and stripes and think it's like, well, what do you mean? It's the Pledge of Allegiance. You're not going to stand for the flag? What do you mean, bro? You don't want to stand for the flag? It's like, no, I actually don't want to stand for the flag, dude. Like, it doesn't just, mean I don't, I don't recognize how great America is. I just don't want to fucking stand for the flag. Like, why are we doing the rituals? Like, let's grow up. Yeah, Every dude, day. The, the ritual thing's weird. It's like a ritual. Like, and even like before sports games. We do like this. That's even weirder, dude. It's like, at least like uh, in school, it's like, well, you know, it's federal money. So like, it's like a thank you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, so. the, thanks for the funds. Uh, yeah. But sports games, I mean, the United States government pays for it. That's another topic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. It is. It is it's rituals, man. Like humans just, just have their rituals. Yeah, I guess it's just, yeah. I don't know. I feel I know that. I don't think people um, realize like how, I don't know, how not normal like those patriotic rituals are because they don't have them in like France. <laughs> I mean, do they? I don't know. I don't think they do. I don't think, no, they, do, they don't. Well, I know in Europe, they don't stand, they do like the national, they don't do the national anthem before just like a random soccer game. They do it for the national team because that's their song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it is like weird kind of patriotism propaganda at uh, sports events it seems well like you yeah. said cause it's funded by but the the, it's a double-edged sword though because i got screwed who got screwed well then like so let's go okay let's go for it uh the nfl they um the united states government pays them to hey, first of all i can't wait to do like the um the time slots on this video because i feel like we covered so many topics <laughs> yeah there's so like, you know like the time stamps like i don't even know like we, where we've been but go ahead it's it's everywhere um <laughs> so so united states government pays the nfl to um you know to patriotic uh things like the the national anthem uh Fly Jets, dude, this crazy thing is that cost us money and they probably like it costs us a lot of money. Oh, do you see the? Uh, look it up after this. It's uh, Troy. You know Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck are they the yeah. commentators? Commentators on Fox. Yeah. Uh, there's a hot mic pick them up. Say like, uh, Troy Aikman like there goes your tax dollars. <laughs> it was it's flying true. over. How yeah. much? We, hey, I wonder if they they, they got to have it. Like somebody cal- must calculate what a flyby is worth. It's probably cost like a million bucks. You could feed a lot of people with that. Yeah, That's exactly. So now I get this. For like five seconds. Let's play some football. Yeah. Some football as kids in Africa just could have yeah. fed a whole African village for like. And while minute. and while it's cool, I'm not gonna take that away. Yeah. It's cool. It's odd that the United States government pays for that. 
they don't even just pay for the jet. They pay for the privilege to be able to do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like they have a, uh, they have a, um, at Jet Stadium, they have like this like hero seat section. It's like three seats. Every mm-hmm. game they have like these military people show up. The military pays for that. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. Robert Kraft is like, well, you know, let's really respect our veterans. We'll give them free tickets. The United States military came and said like, hey, we've got a market. Yeah, exactly. Here, we'll give you money. Just let us come by. Give us yeah. the hero section. Yeah, the hero section. So anyways, where I was going with that is that uh, they screwed themselves with this whole anthem thing, the kneeling for the anthem, um, because the NFL is – right. Who screwed themselves? You're saying the NFL screwed NFL themselves? NFL did because they were, they were trying to like, nice, we're going to be patriotic. Who doesn't like patriotic? Patriotism after 9-11, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and then like, like, it was a win-win for them. Like, and the NFL is going to pay us to do so. And we're going to yeah. have fans. We're going to, in November, we're going to have these, like, they have, every November for Veterans Day, they sell camo, um, like, veterans, like, military style, like, um, jerseys, apparel and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, okay, it's, it's a money-making scheme, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it backfired because all these people started kneeling for the anthem. And then all the people that they had attract, well, the people who oh. fall who fall for like, oh yeah, nice. They're gonna have all this American patriotism at the games. Yeah. Now like boycott the NFL because yeah. their players <laughs> yeah, kneel. Yeah. Like in their whole, I don't know. It's just crazy because they, there was no reason for them to do that. Like, why would they invite that into their, like. Because the money, they, like you said, just yeah, like the government, I know, they, hey, we'll give you X amount of dollars if you let us design your apparel or give us the hero section or do a flyover. Yeah. You know, it's like, what's the harm in it? Right. It's after nine 11. Yeah. All right. And it's not even about that. It's not even about the military kneeling for the anthem, but people they've, they've injected so much propaganda into it that it becomes it because like, well, of course it's about the military. We have a military demonstration before the game. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah, dude. Like it's so crazy. Like, imagine in North Korea, you know, like, you've always seen the videos where they drive down the street with the giant missiles. Yeah, like, oh, that's crazy, dude. Look at those they, people. Duh, they're having a parade. And then you just... You we sl- have, like, stealth fighters just... Go <laughs> over over 70,000 people. <laughs> What's the difference, What's different? dude? What's the What's difference, the difference Kim Jong-un parading his missiles down the street, then the stealth fighters just going <laughs> right over a Patriots game. We're the good guys. That's the difference. <laughs> I guess so. That's the difference. Oh, man. That's good, dude. That's good. I mean, I think uh, yeah. you want to wrap this thing I, up? Unless you got some ending points. You got anything you want to get off your chest? I gotta nah, go. I'll save him. I got to go clean my house. Yeah, we got stuff to do. This is a good conversation, man. I think uh, yeah. we do this every, you know, once a month or, you know, just to get the, get the, get the energy flowing. Get the juices yeah. flowing and, and stay alive. And, uh, yeah, it felt good. I hope anybody, if there was anybody that stuck through the entire conversation, thank you. And, uh yeah, stay tuned. Oh, yeah. I would recommend watching The Lighthouse. Um, weird. Okay. Just want, just want to throw it out I'll, I'll watch The Lighthouse. Yeah, I don't else. know. I don't know if you want to, though. Is it scary? Like, um, like, what's the premise of it? At least give us, like, a little synopsis. <laughs> yeah. It's like, fuck. So it's all black and white, first of all. Okay. It's wow, a, that, it's that a, sets the mood. A modern movie. It's like mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson's in it. The guy who plays, uh, you know, that guy is, right? Yeah, Twilight. Yeah. Yeah, Twilight guy, but it's like a serious role. And then uh, Green Goblin, so William Defoe. Oh, okay. So it's a unique, pretty, you know, just two guys you would expect. It's just, 
I don't it's these two guys who live on a lighthouse in like Nova Scotia. Oh shit. And like they had to stand guard because like they had to keep it was like in the uh I don't know, probably early nineteen hundreds and they had to keep guard because like they had to make sure the lighthouse didn't go out out. And it's just like I don't know, it's one of those like you know like a psychological like, thriller? Kinda, but you don't have to put this in the thing, but it's um you ever seen movies where like there's no plot? It's more about like the artistic Yeah, it's character character driven. Yeah, it's it's like that. It's just so weird. I don't I don't know, I guess you'd have to experience it. But hey, you gotta watch Midsommar, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny, we between those two movies, I was like, the oh, lighthouse man. looks pretty well, yeah. Midsommar, it, like, I don't know if The Lighthouse hits in the same way as Midsommar. It's one of those movies where you watch once and you might not be able to get through the first watch. I know I didn't because I was like, oh, dude, like, I just, I'm not feeling that tonight. But afterwards, like, I, I was like, I gotta, like, I have to watch this. Like, there's no way that I can not, not finish this movie. It was just like, bro, like, just look up pictures of it. You'll see, like, how yeah. weird it is. Like, just from, like, some of the images. It's a it's a horror movie that is beautifully filmed all during the day. Like, dude, the cinematography oh, yeah. in it. Like, you know what's crazy, right? Is, like, before, just if, just talking about, like, no plot, right? For the cinematography in, like, the, like, every, every, like, angle is perfect, it seems. Like, they're, like, they just have everything down pat. Like, when it comes to, like, uh, these crazy geometric patterns and uh just it's art dude it's a work of art that surrounds this just absolute like um brutality of, mm. of viking sacrifices and that's pretty much all you need to know and uh there is like and there's also like this there's magic mushrooms involved in it in the way that yeah. they depict it in in the rituals because that's what they did in during these times way back in yeah. the day how they depict it in that movie is like it makes you feel like you're on mushrooms it's it's like it's like almost scary it's crazy dude it's absolutely insane a beautiful piece of art that is insanely brutal at the same time i'll check i watch it once and that's it i don't need to watch it again yeah yeah i don't think the lighthouse is as good i, I don't think it's a good movie oddly but it's just weird um but i would write if you, you haven't seen 1917 yet right no i have that's a good movie oh, yeah. wasn't it really good yeah it was uh the way they cut yeah and like the way that i mean you could tell sometimes when they cut it but like just the way they filmed it like you just don't stop watching it because it doesn't end like the yeah. cuts world war one was crazy man yeah. i kind of want to watch it again like that's a movie i definitely i feel like you have to watch again yeah what about um tenant i know it's coming out in december oh I can watch my it at home. god yo let's should, go off on tenant should i watch should i watch no don't tell me about it and watch it I, if I tried to explain it to you, I wouldn't even be able yeah. to. It's that I, don't even, I don't want you to, but I want to know, should I wait to see it in IMAX? Or should I watch it at home? Um, I mean, gonna is have it, an IMAX. it's ever going to be in IMAX again? Oh, yeah. Uh, 100%. IMAX would definitely be cool because it's like, yo, there's this one fight scene. I'm not even going to go too much into it, but like the first fight scene like might be one of the craziest things of cinematography. that I've, It's like similar to that Bane and Batman fight scene. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, is it a classic like Nolan opener where he just like he just um, gets... how did it open? I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's just like right in the action. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm trying to think how it's how did Tenet start? Yeah. Oh, dude, it started like right in the middle. Like you would think it's right in the middle of the movie. It's like yeah. uh, it's like right when it starts, like and shit goes down. You know what I mean? That's like classic Christopher Nolan. It's yeah. um. Oh. 
bro, you have to like you have to watch Tenet so yeah. we can try to. I still don't fully understand it. So right, I'll watch it. And, like, we it's can have a whole like, Tenet episode. Like if you watch it, like we'll do like let's do like a rewatch, right? And then try to interpret what Tenet is. I had to watch like I went home and I had to watch um, like three different explained videos in order to like kind of grasp it. It has to do with time travel and yeah. intersecting timelines and also like uh, post like post death like this guy i'm not even getting yeah don't even get into it (laughs) yeah highly recommend though for everybody and i went by myself absolutely stoned and it was great (laughs) that's amazing dude hey that's a good i like going to the movies alone it's a good experience oh yeah it was it was cool it's weird quick point it's weird that um going to the movies alone is like looked down upon when like you don't talk to anybody anyways like the whole point is just to sit there and watch the movie right but like, you're weird. It, it, yeah but yeah anyways uh i think we'll wrap it up i gotta go pee yeah i gotta go pee too man thanks for coming on hope everybody enjoyed it and uh yeah one love Fuck one love. love yeah <laughs> all right peace